Welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. Welcome. If you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, slash Apple Podcasts, slash SoundCloud, but no one listens on there, but whatever. I don't know why I always say it anyway. <laughs> if you're listening on any of those places, go ahead and like the episode, download the episode, um, follow the podcast on there. And if you can, if you're on iTunes, slash Apple Music, leave a five-star rating and review because that's super fun make sure to follow us on instagram our instagram is at songwriting saves the world we post on there all the time you don't want to miss it little recaps little fun things like guess who's the next Mm -hmm. guest and then you can also follow us on twitter at song saves world and like our page on facebook it's your mom dad brother cousin sister dogfish turtle you know the drill (laughs) everyone listen they have facebook pages for everything that's true. A lot of people have pet Facebook so pages. So like, like those pages. I love okay? them. And also on TikTok, you can follow us at Songwriting Saves the World. Uh, <laughs> we have yet to post. Okay, TikToks. but we okay. I edited the TikTok, but then it was too long, so we have to re-record. But it's coming. It's coming. You're gonna, when, 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 listen, when it comes, you guys are gonna be so happy you followed the TikTok. Yeah. And Sasha's okay. coming to visit me soon, so you will get TikTok content. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh my god, you're so smart. Um, yeah, and if you really like our show and you want to support us on Patreon, we're at Songwriting Saves the World on there. But before we jump into this episode, we want to give a shout out to Women That Rock. This Woo! this episode is with um, Andy, who is the founder of Women That Rock. But So she's going to talk about it more, but we'll just give a little bit of a shout out. Do you want to explain? So Women That Rock is an organization that's all about supporting women in music talking songwriters, artists, everyone, really. And they are super, super active on Instagram. They have, like, the Valentine's Day concert that they did this year and live shows and just kind of creating a space for women in music. And there's lots of people on there that find collaborations through that and find a community through that. So definitely go check them out and follow their Instagram at Women That Rock. Yeah, and all of their socials and stuff will be in the description of this episode, so you can find them there as well. And we will let Andy talk about it further in this episode. Let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. We have a really, really special guest who we're very excited to chat to today, Andy Aronow. We have a little bio for you so the people know the things they need to know. Tell the people what they know. She's the founder and president of Women That Rock, a music discovery platform dedicated to supporting, promoting, and celebrating up-and-coming women in music. She's worked in music supervision. She teaches at NYU, Clive Davis, and so many more cool things. And we're really excited to have you on the show and chat to you today. So thank you. Thank Thank you. you. I'm so excited to be here. So we have a little icebreaker intro. And we wanted to know what's a song that you love that you think is underrated? Oh my gosh. The moment. A song I love that I think is underrated. It's a tough one. God, that's so tough. Or it could that's be so overrated. Tough so <laughs> <laughs> or just have it just rated. Yeah, it's just it's correctly rated. Well, that's such a good question because so much of the music that I listen to on a regular basis is like stuff from up and coming artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little bit hard 
to say if it's under or overrated because they're emerging artists that a lot of people like mm-hmm. haven't heard right. about. Um, I guess. Well, the, there's a song that's just like I'm. I'm like a sucker for pop. Me too. I'm just Me too. a sucker. Same. Like I'm such a sucker, and I don't know if you guys know the artist Gracie. I think I've heard Sounds of her. Familiar. Yeah, it really does sound. So familiar. there's a song. There's a song I discovered recently called Like That mm. by an artist named Gracie, mm-hmm. G-R-A-C-E-Y, all caps. Cool. And like, it's just, it's just been like my, my recent jam. It's like, yeah. I'm constantly making new playlists. I'm constantly adding songs. I'm like, mm-hmm. and, and I listen to music so much for work in mm-hmm. terms of like, um, receiving submissions and evaluating them and listening to kind of people's up and coming music. Yeah. That, like, when I'm listening to music recreationally, it's usually um, either, like, for working out Mm. or kind of, like, to give myself, like, an energy boost. And so I tend to, like, lean into pop a lot for that because Mm -hmm. I'm, like, just wanting it to be really, like, escapist Mm -hmm. and, like, fun. Yeah. I love that. Everyone go listen to Gracie. Everyone listen. I actually am sure (laughs) that I – that I – feel like i know that song i just like can't place a face to her right now but i definitely have heard that name before yeah it sounds familiar so familiar there's also there's also a song that we actually are um that just came out today literally today um by an emerging artist named paper citizen out of boston okay so actually sasha massachusetts repping massachusetts um and she, it's this girl, Claire Ghost is her real name. She's this cool. Asian-American queer artist. And Love. she makes really awesome, like, indie rock pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just released a song today called Scratching the Surface. Um, and we're going to be promoting that on Women That Rock today. So exciting. that's a little preview. preview that's super people. exciting. And it's like, it's like an earworm. It's like, it's just really, really easy to love. Yeah. So. I love Can't that. Can we A little shout it. out to Paper Citizen, too. Awesome. Can you give us kind of a background of your musical journey and tell us your story from the beginning to where you're at now? Sure. The juicy details. It's a long story. (laughs) So sure. So I actually got my start in the music business as a little kid. Um, Mm. So I started uh, a career as a professional jingle singer at like seven years old. That's so cute. That's super cool. Um, My dad... Um, was a TV commercial producer and I mm. was in the studio with him just like as his daughter um, one time and I was hanging out in the lounge and I was eating the snacks and I was playing with the toys <laughs> and I was just like being the daughter as you should and yeah, I yeah. and I happened to really like to sing and at the end of the session when the client had left and it was just my dad who was the producer and um, the guy who ran the studio it was just the two of them left um, uh-huh. And I went up to my dad and I was like, dad, can I like, can I go sing? And I like wanted to go into the vocal booth. Mm. Yeah. And he looked at the studio owner and they gave me, they were like, sure, go ahead, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we all, I thought everything was shut down. I thought nobody could hear all of that stuff. And of course, not the case. Um, <laughs> it turned out that the, the head engineer of the studio had talk back on, which meant he could hear everything uh-huh. that I was singing to myself. Um, and he turned to my dad and was like, uh, she could be doing, like, she could do this. She could really, really do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how that started. And ultimately, like I ended up starting doing commercial jingles. I got an agent. I was going out on all these auditions and jobs. I was like, I really did that for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then as I got older, 
my interests kind of moved from from performing to more of the business. I started college mm-hmm. um, at USC in LA and um, started actually as a theater major and then moved over to their music business program in Thornton cool. School of Music. Yeah. And which is actually, it's funny because I ended up later at Clive and it's, they're sort of like rival schools. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say Clive is the jam. Um, I, re- I will rep Clive forever. Um, but anyway, so I started at USC and then after about a year in the program at their music school, I decided I didn't want to be at USC anymore. It was like mm. way too fratty for me, way too much Greek life. <laughs> right, right, right. Not, not my scene. And I discovered the Clive program at NYU, um, which I had never known even existed before I went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was, I mean, I'm older than you girls, but I, um, it was it was still pretty new, like when I yeah, it was definitely. brand new when I was in high school. So by the time I graduated, it they would have only had a few graduating classes. Mm-hmm. So um, I applied to transfer. At the time, they were only accepting like three to five transfers a year. Wow! So I oh, was truly one of the yeah. lucky ones. <laughs> well, I was like truly prepared to drop out of college and like take a break <laughs> and figure it out because I was like the, I know what I want to study and it's yeah. music business and like if I can't do it here. I don't want to just go to another school and do something random that doesn't make me happy. Right. Yeah. Um, Feel that. And then amazingly, I got in. And so I like packed up all my stuff and I left USC and I crossed the country and I started at Clive and I finished my degree there. That's um, the way to do it. Yeah. Big moves only. (laughs) Big moves only. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, it was amazing to be in college studying that in a city where I could also be working in the industry as Mm -hmm. I was studying. Um, so, you know, even when I was at USC, I started working in the business. I had an internship at Geffen Records mm. my freshman summer. Um, I was like really very hustly in terms of like working in addition yeah. to schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while I was at Clive, I did, a, I worked a whole bunch of different industry jobs. I was, um, I worked at mom and pop records for a little while. Oh, cool. I was the Grammy U rep for the recording Academy for mm-hmm. a year. Um, which was a very intense and very awesome training ground kind of experience for me. Yeah. Um, and then as I was getting ready to graduate, I had started interning at a company called TouchTunes, um, which is a digital jukebox network. So I don't know if you've cool. ever like been at a bar and seen like a glowing yeah. digital yeah. jukebox. It's probably a TouchTunes because they have like 100,000 of them across the United States. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. So I worked... I started there as an intern, and then as I was graduating, I essentially sort of, like, hustled my way into a full-time job mm-hmm. and worked there for almost five years. That was, like, my start. I got, you know, my first promotion there. I, like, had my first real salary there. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned so much. And then after being there, I decided to kind of, like, shake it, up, shake things up a little bit, and I moved into actually working for my dad again, doing music supervision for TV commercials. Cool. That then led me to a job working for a recording studio, um, doing like a combination of sort of A&R and executive mm. creative production for mm. this special project that the studio was working on. Yeah. And that led me to like opening up this world of having like emerging artist connections because yeah, the projects that we definitely. were doing, yeah, the projects that we were doing at the studio, we enlisted a lot of emerging bands and all of a sudden I was noticing that these bands were coming to me and like wanting my advice and wanting to ask me questions. They're the guru. And (laughs) yeah, they were like, (laughs) well, like we know, you know a lot about this. Like, do you think we could pick your brain? Yeah. You you could help us. 
And that kind of led me to doing some sort of like consulting management kind mm-hmm. of stuff where I found that like I had all of this business knowledge and as artists were either getting ready for a release and trying to figure out how to best market it or they were talking to a label about a single deal and needed help yeah. navigating mm-hmm. that deal um they would come to me and want my help so I sort of started helping artists one-on-one and seeing what that was like mm-hmm. and then out of that out of a period of time of doing that and sort of figuring it out I started Women That Rock, which was really <laughs> love it. Which was really sort of like a bit of an accident. It, mm, it's, really? it's funny. Yeah, I didn't go into it planning on starting a an empire or a company. <laughs> like that was not. Growing I was a sort kingdom. of. I was a queendom. Actually. A queendom. Excuse you. Right. Excuse you. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, I kind of. I decided to start this page. I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial and more mm-hmm. on my own. I didn't know what would happen or what would come of it. Um, you know, I really started it as an Instagram page. And yeah. I reached out to all my female artist friends and was like, hey, would you be cool if I feature you? And they all were like, oh, my God, yes. Right. Like, yeah, what yeah. do you need? Like, Let's do it. I would be it. honored. <laughs> and then I started doing some grassroots, like, social media outreach stuff with comments and liking and following pages mm-hmm. and talking to people. And it just, like, blew up. The, the inbox went from zero yeah. to 10 to 50 to 100 to 500. It just, like, exploded. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the clear, you know, I learned in marketing in school that, like, the thing to do is find a gap in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say. Fig- and figure out a way to fill it. And this was, like, the clearest message. It was, like, people want this. People love yeah. this. Like, this is the gap. Let's do it. If that's needed. And that was, that's kind of the the journey. Wow. And now we're here. Wow. With the queendom and I all. <laughs> very, very well versed. Yeah. That like was you did really, everything. You got through it. You got everything. I loved that story. We always, we, <laughs> well, we always ask people for a background. And, you know, it's always different. Some people are like, well, I was born and I like to sing and now I'm here. And then <laughs> and some people talk, go really into detail, like everything. Like we hear every absolute day that has gone by. But I feel like you did a really good, succinct, but detailed summary. And I loved that. Well, thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So Women in Rock hosted about one to three events a month in New York and surrounding places, including the first South by Southwest show that you Mm -hmm. did. What's it been like keeping up the momentum with COVID and having live shows be canceled? Oh, sorry for the question question. of the year. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's no, no. I mean, to be honest, it's been. I would say that that like what has happened with COVID has both been like the worst and the best thing that could have possibly happened to me and to the company. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we were at a rate of doing like all of these events all the time, Mm -hmm. and it was like sort of this like hamster wheel of like one event after after yeah, another yeah. and trying to build momentum and, yeah. that, and that was really cool and really exciting and really fun um and when it like so I actually found out about COVID and the shutdown and like everything as I was working on South by Southwest mm. last year so no I, I was a member <laughs> heartbreaking I was a member of um this all women's co-working space called The Wing I don't mm. know if you've heard of it mm-hmm. But I was a member there and I was sitting at like my little workstation surrounded by hundreds of amazing entrepreneurial Love women it. around Good me. Energy. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, like putting in, you know, 12 or 14 hour work days just like nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I was working on the festival. I was working on the showcases that we were going to be doing. 
this was like I guess the very very beginning of March last year and Uh all of a sudden you know there had been some buzz about like is it going to get canceled what's happening the world what's going on Mm -hmm. like everybody thought quarantine was going to be for two weeks like those are the days and (laughs) those are the 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 pre-covid when we knew nothing and I I looked down at my phone and all of a sudden I had like a slew of text messages from friends and colleagues being like we just heard we're so sorry oh. like are you okay <laughs> and I was like oh my god you're kidding me so so that's how I found out that South by was canceled and there was like a little bit of talk for a while of doing of people doing like an underground oh like secret South by concert rogue South by <laughs> and I was like I was like that's not socially responsible. Like that's not, it doesn't sound safe. But I had some people who like really still wanted to do, they were like, well, like, you know, still do it. And like, you know, punk rock. I'm like, no, like if you don't tell, I won't. Let's all get COVID. (laughs) But at the time it all just felt like what's happened. Like it all just felt crazy. So, so, you know, it, we've, we've on, on one hand adapted and have done a a bunch of virtual live events, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which has been, challenging and tricky and great and bad and exciting and a letdown it's been like all yeah, of the yeah, things yeah. like what I find mostly is that like when a show is over you're just like sitting in your room alone and it's right quiet. like, like yeah. so like down. that's like there's well there's no you know I'm I'm used to being in venues with hundreds yeah. of people that are like hugging and singing together and yeah. laughing and cheering and you know and working until three o'clock in the morning on you know like loading out from a venue mm-hmm. and like it's just so not the same. Um, but at the same time, it, it like, has uh, pushed me to kind of explore different ways, Definitely. right? And, like, even more than that, like, what's happened with COVID has forced me to take this year to, like, take a pause mm. and really look at Women That Rock and look at the company and look at, like, what's working and what's yeah. not working. What ways can we grow that, you know, I didn't have the time or attention to think about mm-hmm. before? And, like, mm-hmm. so in a way what's happened with COVID has been a blessing because I feel, you know, like it's let me sort of take a pause, recharge yeah. and like restructure my yeah. thinking. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, have kind of like not only the juice, but also like the, the right plan moving forward. Yeah. Speaking of that, what are like some of your goals moving forward? Like what, what do you want to reach? What are your next steps? I mean, you're already doing so many cool things with the <laughs> organization. Um, well, so there are certain things that are kind of like a little under wraps, which, you know, so it's a little, it's a little hard to talk about, but what I'll say is like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I still do have quite a lot of dreams in the live music space. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I don't think that that's over permanently. Right. right? right. So it's, it's, I sure hope not. Yeah. Right. But I see freaking fingers. It'll also be interesting though, to see like, how long does it really take for people to, for there to be any, any return to like normal in the sense of like large format shows. I can see people going back to small shows pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, how soon are people going to fill arenas? You know, like, I just don't, I don't know. So that'll be really interesting to see. And I do have some big goals in, like, the live, larger format live music space, Mm -hmm. um, which we had sort of just started right before shutdown. And, like, I hope to be able to revisit and relaunch and all that stuff. And then we also have some other really exciting things in the works, um, I'm developing a Women That Rock consulting division. Sick. That's so So cool. that bands and artists can book one-on-one time to get mm-hmm. help, guidance, um, strategy, and be I able to that. kind of, like, work with us on a deeper level. 
Um, Mm -hmm. We also are in the works on something very exciting in the sync licensing space. So Mm -hmm. a Women That Rock sync sync division, which will be really, really interesting and cool. That's amazing. And then exploring other avenues too. I mean, I'm really, I'm really giving a lot of thought to sort of what is the five year or ten year plan for Women That Rock and mm-hmm. where are we headed and how do we make those things happen? And it's it's actually like I, I'm at the moment sort of more excited and more hopeful than I've been yeah. in a year. Yeah. Um, so it's actually it's it's really good. I love that. She said empire people. <laughs> Honestly. And both we of do those, it all over here. Both of those things are so helpful. <laughs> Number one go to place, women that rock. I'm for it. Yes. Yes. I mean, and like I have I have all kinds of like dreams and ideas that have come to me over the course of the time that I've had this company. Mm-hmm. Like I have ideas of women that rock sleepovers. I have ideas oh, of cute. women that rock camp, women yeah. that rock retreats, like all kinds of different things, but like all about, you know, amplifying the voices of yeah. female identifying artists and like staying true to the mission and the core. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, like write, doing a writing camp or like retreat type thing, that would all be so cool. Yeah. And also figuring out, you know, the best ways to work with brands mm-hmm. and uh, and be able to help make things come to life um, and, and be able to yeah. do that sustainably. Yeah. For sure. And I think the, just those divisions that you were saying about adding are so helpful to people. Awesome. I think it's so tough to like navigate the world of like sync. And when you're right. starting out, you really need help kind of figuring out marketing because yeah. independent, independent artists really do it all on their own. So to have that is so helpful. And, you know, one of the things I've learned um, in doing this is, you know, artists are artists for a reason. Like mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of artists are not business people. Right. And like right. the independent artist is expected to be an artist and a business person. Yeah. And so all of the hats. So and those skills, number one, I mean, if you haven't either learned it or gone to school for it or studied it in some capacity, like you don't just naturally absorb yeah, those skills. Sure. Um, and so to be able to kind of like help connect the dots for people who are like really, really artistically gifted, but are kind of like, you know, what do I do on the business yeah, side the to be able to help yeah. help that is great. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I can write a song, but social media yeah, marketing is <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what's been the most rewarding part about creating Women That Rock? The most rewarding. Honestly, like I was creating the community. Yeah. I mean, honest, that, that was going to be my answer is the community. <laughs> like truthfully, like, I it's funny I grew like when I when I was graduating college I sort of felt this sense of like I had a lot of friends and I had a lot of like people I like to hang out with but but there was this sense of like a lack of post-college community Mm, like yeah Mm -hmm. you know you become an adult and you sort of like get into the world and you just have your little circle of people and it was like I was looking for more meaning than that and more community than that and like the biggest gift of creating and building Women That Rock has been this community of women yeah. who, you know, some I'm super close with, some I'm more, you know, acquaintances with. Mm-hmm. But, like, having this kind of, like, deep well of people to call upon who are all women or female-identifying people or gender nonconforming mm-hmm. people, um, it, in terms of, like, connecting on art- on artistic fronts, connecting on, you know – in a colleague kind yeah. of way, connecting with music, connecting with friendship. Like, you know, I get letters from bands that I work with and artists I promote. And, like, they're so genuine. And, like, it's just really tremendous to feel like I'm making a difference. Yeah. And to feel like what Women That Rock is is making a difference. And that's, like, 
at the bottom of it, like, that is the root of, like, that's what keeps me in it, yeah. you know, is, like, knowing that I'm helping. And, like, there there are times where things have been really frustrating or really hard or really, mm-hmm. like, down, especially with COVID. And, like, you know, then mm-hmm. I'll get a message from, like, a young girl on Instagram who's, like, thank you so much for having this. Like, this oh, platform is cheers. amazing. Like, it, or, or older women who are, like, if I had seen this when I was 11, like, I would have picked up the guitar mm-hmm. 10 years earlier. Like, mm-hmm. I would have felt like I could do it. Like, those types of messages make such a, like, that. that's the most rewarding part, that's for a sure. That's tearjerker, for I sure. That. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cry, Sasha. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so, you guys post, like, spotlights, features, interviews, that type of thing. How do you go about finding artists and ladies to feature do you go completely through social media did you used to look for shows and kind of scenes that way or do people just all reach out to you (laughs) well (laughs) I mean what what I'll say is that the flow of submissions is uh heavier than what we can keep up with for sure so right right, so we you know in the early days a lot of it was me doing outreach and me mm-hmm. and friends of friends and co- like people I knew and like community, you know, just sort mm-hmm. of like within the community. Like yeah, word of then, mouth. Yeah. And then, you know, the social media really took off. And so now we mm-hmm. like basically submissions and, and artists come in through a variety of different like uh, rivers mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, you know, streams <laughs> into one ba- major right. body of water. Yeah. We have a submission form on our website. So we get like through sort of a mailing list format, we get. Um, submissions through mm-hmm. our website. We get a ton of submissions through social media. Um, we do also outreach still on social media. So we'll get replies from artists that mm-hmm. are interested in working with us. Um, I get a lot of cold, random emails from people. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, also still there is some some level of word of mouth or outreach. And also I've developed a lot of relationships with PR people at various agencies. Um, and so now yeah. like within the industry, there are label reps and PR reps and managers who reach out to me directly and say like, Hey, I have this artist I rep, like, would you be interested in featuring her? Yeah. So there's lots of different Mm -hmm. avenues, but, um, but they're all equally overwhelming. And there's, it's also um, just amazing to like, I mean, you know, I've had this company now for three years Mm -hmm. and like, there is never a shortage of talent. It's amazing. Like there are so many, amazing women out there and it's like once when Mm -hmm. I feel like I've tapped one city it goes you know it's another city and then it's another it's like it's truly crazy like how many amazing artists there are out there um yeah and how it just like the well the well never has a bottom I mean it's so cool like to see I mean because obviously there's like a music community and like every location and then there's kind of like a female like music community within that or whatever and I love looking at um like on instagram you can see like who's like mutual or like who you follow that follows like looking at like women that rock and i'm like every like awesome lady musician i know follows this account yes that's amazing like yeah and like finding things like that like you can i don't know you can tell if it's so kind of crazy how social media can build a community like that when you just look at who follows who and you're like oh this person clearly like i know all these people that know them yeah, and I've I've literally cool. made Small friends world. through social media. Like yeah. there are women I've met through through the women that rock Instagram who I've ended up having, like d- building like real real friendships with. Yeah. Like there's a girl I met early mm-hmm. on. Her name is Haley, 
and she's the front woman of a band at, from from San Luis Obispo, California, called Haley and the Crushers. And Sick she name. and I became like queen <laughs> cool friends. Name. Like we just like ended up having long phone conversations, mm-hmm. and then we started writing each other like pen pal emails. Like, Aww. and we've stayed connected over That's years. So cute. Like, and there's the, I have like story after story after story of that, mm-hmm. and like people I meet who end up becoming like real true friends and it's just like so cool to see how we're all so different and also interconnected and like you know I think Women That Rock tries really hard to sort of be an advocate for like for women supporting women instead of Mm -hmm. women fighting women Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and definitely yeah so yeah it's it's a really cool really cool dynamic you start to realize how small the world really is Mm -hmm. yeah when everyone like follows each other the same accounts and then the music community i feel like women supporting women in the music community everyone kind of knows each other like looks out for each other yeah and then because you want to work with female producers or female writers and yeah i love that for sure you're a professor at clive i am so you see a lot of young people coming in and out of there who are kind of finding their way in the music industry do you notice any trends or gaps and biases in regards to gender in that community? Like a lot of engineers being male or more of like the artists being women. Hmm, I'm trying to think how best. So it, my, my experience with, with the Clive Institute has been really interesting because I did graduate from there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I came back 10 years later as an adjunct professor. Um, so it's been like this really cool experience of being a student then being an alum yeah. and now being back on the faculty side. So I've sort of seen it from all angles, yeah, yeah. which has been mm-hmm. so cool, so interesting, and so incredibly rewarding. Um, and what I'll say is, like, the, the, the department and the school does a lot of really active work to try to even out those playing fields, right? So they're doing all kinds of things in, that goes from admissions all the way through the training and lifting up of people through the department to try to balance out those mm-hmm. those disparities, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there are certainly just in our world still a ton of gender yeah. disparities in those fields. So, like, you know, when I was a student at Clive, which was, let's say, I don't know, it was like 2010, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. most of the guys that were in my classes were producer engineers, mm-hmm. and most of the girls were artists and business people and and mm-hmm. like we're learning the skills of you know also yeah, wanted yeah. to be able to produce themselves and, and do that but like you know I remember being intimidated by the guys who had been producing since they were 11 you know the same mm-hmm. way that I had been singing singing since I was seven they had been producing since they were seven and mm-hmm. it was like how could I look at the studio and and they're next to me looking at the studio and like we're in such different places you know yeah um but I notice now like more and more women and gender non-conforming people taking on like less traditional gender roles yeah. in, in the studio. So more and more I'm seeing female students who not only are songwriters and performers, but also are producing all of their stuff themselves. Mm-hmm. I see more and more women who are taking on the roles of being an engineer and being actually, there's an amazing girl that was my student this past year. Um, who's a female mastering engineer. hey Which, like... Love that. I know. So cool. And, like, and she's, you know, amazing and talented, and all the professors were, like, so supportive of her and, like, cheering her on. And so it's it's happening slowly. Like, there are changes yeah. definitely slowly. And I think there there's, at least especially in the production space, I think more women are taking on 
that task in addition mm-hmm. to writing, yeah. you know, and, and really wanting to be able to put out music themselves and not be reliant on anybody else. Right. Certainly not a guy. You know what I mean? And I can say that, like, a lot, the, the, the majority of the amazing songwriting talent I'm seeing coming out is women. I agree. Um, and, <laughs> and, I like to you hear. Know, and it's cool, too, because, like, the women are usually so, like, self-sufficient. Yeah. They mm-hmm. are the performer, they're the writer, they're playing the instruments, they're producing the tracks. You know, they have collaborators, of course. They're co-writing, mm-hmm. of course. Like, a lot of times with other women. Like, it's just they're, they're collaborative because that's, like, part yeah. of the art. Um, but so self-sufficient and such top, like, top quality work and so impressive. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's really cool how many of my, like, former students I've seen now, like, moving out to L.A. and signing publishing deals and, like, you know, top lining yeah. for artists. And it's just, you know, and they're wow. kicking ass. I love it. amazing. Love it. So our last question for you is kind of dipping back into the social media side of this because women that rock like you said you started it as an instagram page it's a lot of the work of it is done through social media and you do a really good job kind of like building the the community and the brand and all that so what are kind of some of your strategies that you would recommend to people dipping into this consulting world well i would say that you know, my advice for somebody running an account similar to mm-hmm. women that rock, like a, a brand and or kind of like cultural tastemaker approach right. is different than a, an approach Definitely. for an artist, right? Mm-hmm. So, and generally, like in terms of consulting or helping, like I would be helping artists in terms of like um, making themselves as like optimized on mm-hmm. the internet as possible. Um you know, gosh, that's kind of like a hard question to ask because like what I what I do and how I run our page is so much about um, just like cleverly finding ways to spotlight yeah. people and choosing the best visuals mm-hmm. and clear, concise um, descriptions and kind of like nuggets of information yeah. where like each spotlight is really e- easy for people to kind of like understand what they're looking at, get the vibe Mm -hmm. of a girl, um, Mm -hmm. know where to go for their music, like, no, you know, just kind of very um, simple, uh, not trying, you know, like, not trying to do too much, but really trying to use the most, like, impactful visuals and Mm -hmm. copy as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I have a whole set of opinions and feelings and thoughts and advice for artists who are trying to run their own social media um, and that's where, like, you know, people should reach out Do to it, us guys. if they want some <laughs> consulting help. Um, but, you know, it comes down to kind of, like, quality of co- – like, every artist really is a brand mm-hmm. or has the potential to be a brand. And I think that the more that an artist is able to kind of curate and develop that, the more mm-hmm. seriously they'll be taken, the more interesting they'll be to yeah. the industry and to other people and to potential fans. Um, I think there's a really delicate balance in terms of, like – sharing personal stuff versus sharing career stuff. Um, I think that, you know, good imagery and video goes a long way, like, Mm -hmm. you know, good assets. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I am always happy to (laughs) consult with and help any artist so they can feel free to reach out um, to us at any time. But yeah, I mean, you know, in a, in this world that we live in now, usually sort of like social media is the front line. 
right? Social media is like the first place that people go to see if yeah, you're legit. A lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and legit can mean many different things. That can it can mean totally different mm-hmm. things for different people. And, you know, depending on what an artist's goals are, that really also do, like some artists just want to be artists and just want to do it yeah, for yeah. fun, right? Like other artists really want to like pop off. You know. Right. Break build the ceiling and build an empire. Right. So yeah. so there's just a lot of considerations to think about in every different case and um, a different answer and a different yeah. strategy depending on goals. And, and Definitely. I like what yeah. you said about kind of keeping things simple and knowing what like nuggets of information are like important and what you can prioritize. I, I um, interned at a record label like a year ago where one of my main jobs was writing people's bios and I feel like that changed my (laughs) life because (laughs) I would go or like they had bios obviously but like writing bios for certain shows or for certain like catalogs or whatever and I would go to these artist websites where they had long ass bios like they were pages long they told me everything about themselves (laughs) there was like this is my mom this is what she did and I'm like all right, okay, how do I make this? I have three sentences. Like, I have 200 characters. What can I do? Right. Like, what's important here? <laughs> I, I feel like that's kind of similar, and it's definitely yeah. a hard skill, and it goes along with, like, how much do I share about myself if you're an artist? Because that's overwhelming. Like, is it important to know, like, my personality? Well, yes, because that's what's going to draw people in. But also, you're not really you on social media, like a weird, glossed-over version of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, everyone go to Women That Rock if you need help with that. Don't ask me. <laughs> you probably know more than know. you think you do. <laughs> well, that's all our questions for you today. That was a lovely chat. Thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, girls, so much for having me. This is great. I love learning about what you guys are doing and and can't wait to keep following along and and hopefully keep working together thank you yes we would love that yeah and everyone go check out women that rock yes you can check us out on instagram at women that rock amazing but yeah people should follow on social that's kind of like the best way to see what we're up to and what events we're having we always post about everything and promote it all there so yeah follow along and hopefully we'll see you at an event either virtually or yeah in real life at some point soon soon in person <laughs> events soon soon yes awesome okay. thank you guys for listening to that episode yes, thank you so much we loved chatting with andy and again more yeah. wisdom more knowledge she had so many great things to say yeah i really love her she's like a good hang she is she's a lot of fun and she has a lot of just like I don't know I love that she thought to start this organization and that she followed through and that it blossomed in the way that it has yeah I don't know it's just really cool it's a really cool really cool thing and I love like I think I mentioned this in this episode but like looking at the women that rock account and seeing that like all of the like female musicians I know follow that yeah and like it really is a community and oh we forgot to say we did a we did a takeover day, which was on so fun. Their account as well, which was so fun, and some of you might have even seen it. We did a live stream. We posted about the podcast and stuff, and so yeah, they're just super great and super supportive. And I would highly re- recommend that you go check it out because you'll probably too. find. If you don't already, there. go run over to that page and follow it. Yeah, for sure. But thank you guys for listening to this. Love you. We'll catch you later. Mwah. See you Love next you. week. Mwah. Right now.